In your Bible, we're looking at the same passage of Scripture we have, and I'll, I'll be through with this passage, and we'll go on into the book of Isaiah, chapter 41. It's the Lord's will next week. But I want to begin reading once again this morning, Isaiah chapter number 40, and I want to begin reading at verse number 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There's no search of his understanding. I thank God he's not an old man. Did you know that? God's not an old man. Not an old, the old man upstairs, that's not him. He is eternal. There's a difference between being eternal and being old. It means he's ageless. He's ageless. He's God. He's not tired. He's not weak. And uh, those of us who get a little age on us, praise God, we wake up every morning and just thank the Lord that something's hurting. Amen. And it's just exciting to wake up and see what else is hurting. But he's not tired. He's not weary. He's God. He's able to exceedingly abundantly above all we're able to ask or think. And he's yet God. He's powerful. Notice what it says, verse 29. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint. And be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. That is, those, not just uh, these young men uh, that are mentioned here, but all peoples, what he's talking about, all that depend on their own strength will faint and fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want you to look especially at this little phrase, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. Will you bow with me for prayer? Father, I pray now the Holy Ghost of God would give your anointing this morning. God, fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. Once again, we come to you, our Father, looking to you and depending on you for everything that happens here tonight, today. And I pray, God, for your power. Lord, help me to be faithful to you. God, I may never, ever have another chance to preach, our Father, in this pulpit. Our Father, there are people in this building who may never, ever again have another opportunity to hear the gospel. There are people in the radio audience and in the internet audience who this may be their very last chance to hear the truth. God, please help me in these few moments that, God, you allow me to preach. Give me your anointing. Take me and use me. Fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. Help me, our Father, to be yielded totally to you. And God, speak to my mind and heart. Purge me of anything that would hinder the work of God. And God, help me to be totally obedient to you now. God, whatever you say to my heart, help me to say, and God, I'll thank you and praise you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been dealing with the eagle. He says here, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. And I want to talk to you this morning about flying with eagles. Flying with eagles. Eagles are made to fly. This is a type of the Lord, of a, of a Christian. A type of those who say, God intended his saints to be eagle saints. To be, fly, be able to fly. To, to be able to have that power. The, the eagle is so impressive in his just physical appearance. He's just called the monarch of birds. In fact, our country in the year 1782 adopted the eagle as our national symbol because of his power, because of his swiftness, because of his ability to, to hunt and, and that national symbol and primarily because of his freedom of flight. I mean, he could soar above every problem, every difficulty. And that's the spirit of the American people. And that's the spirit of, of America. And, and, and God has blessed this country in so many ways. But please understand that what happened in this country was not because of men, but it was because of God's plan and God's providence. And God had a plan. The eagle adopted as our national symbol appears on our national seal. And if you ever looked at it, you'll see the eagle em, em, embossed on that. And in his talons, he holds in one hand olive branches and in the other 
arrows. And that speaks of peace, his desire for peace, and our national desire for peace. But it also speaks of our readiness for war. And we'll, we'll not back down from oppressors or from our enemies. We want peace, but we will stand when it's called upon. And depending on whether we were in war or not in war, the the olive branch and the arrows are swapped in its talons on, in, in, on coins and other things that you'll see that. But here, this eagle, on his breast of that eagle is, a non, is a, an unsupported shield. There's nothing holding it to his body. And it, it is a shield to protect him. And that speaks of our our nation as being able to be defended or to defend our own self. We don't need any outside power. Don't need anybody else to defend us. Uh, and we, because of our military readiness and because of our people, we are, we can defend ourselves. But here, this eagle represents uh, not only, uh, that, that, uh, the, our nation, but in this passage of scripture, it represents the Christian represents the saints of God. You remember last week, I talked to you about that word weight. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And it means to just totally depend on him. It means to be intertwined with. Up next to our house, I've got some lattice work. And uh, a year or so ago, had some honeysuckles to come up there. And I, I had the smart idea, I'll just let them grow. I mean, who's to decide what's a flower and what's not a flower? I think honeysuckles are flowers. I mean, they, they smell good and they got a little pretty white flower and the vines grew all through there. And then when long before that, I saw a few morning glories and I said, morning glories are flowers too. So I'll let them grow. And so here goes the honeysuckles. Here goes the, the, uh, the morning glories and the, the little pink flower of the, of the, uh, morning glory. And then, uh, the fragrant smell of that honeysuckle. Boy, they were great. But here they go growing through my lattice work and all through the summer. Well, when they died back in the fall, somebody had to get all that out of there. And I found out you just about have to tear a fence down if you're going to take all that honeysuckle and everything out of there because it has so intertwined itself, it's almost become one piece and it's become part of that. And it says that when you get saved by the grace of God, you're not your own anymore. You're part of him. The Bible said we are fitly framed together. And those who are relying on the Lord, those who are, who are intertwined with him, become one with him. They have strength. Now you can look around you and tell which Christians or which church members are trusting in the Lord or, or waiting on the Lord and those that are not. And God intended us to be waiting on the Lord. That's those who have strength. That's those who have power. That's those who have vitality. That's those who want to work. Those who want to serve. Those who want to be faithful to God. And I want to challenge you this morning that every believer can be an eagle saint and you can fly with eagles because it's not you. It's him. It's your power. It's his power in you working in you. But now let me say something to you. An eagle is made for flight. He, God made them that way. And they do instinctively what God has put inside of them. I was down at Becky's this week one time. We took some of the materials that some of you had given for her to work with her school children, uh, with her uh, clients. And we, I took that down. And, of course, the storm was approaching. The waves were rolling in. And, and we were talking about that. And she was telling uh, uh, another girl down there uh, that when she was in Florida... Uh, there was a hurricane coming in, and I, we, me and Regina kept calling her, trying to talk her into getting out of our apartment, get away from where it was at. And uh, so I, she'd heard me talk about the birds and how that if the storm's coming in, the birds leave. they got better sense than we have, and they know when to leave. And so I called her, and according to Greg Fisher, according to everybody else, boy, that hurricane was going to come right over top of her down just where she was at close to Tampa, coming up through Tampa Bay. 
And I called her and she said, wait just a minute, daddy. And she walked out on her balcony and she said, daddy, I'm not going nowhere. She said, the ducks are still here in the pond right here at the apartment complex. And I said, Becky, they are city ducks and they don't have no sense. <laughs> but and birds, God gives them certain instincts. And, and, and this, the eagle... He's free. He can do anything he wants to. And when you get saved, you're free in Christ. There's no bounds. You're free in Christ. He sets you at liberty. But that eagle operates in the realm of what God the Holy Ghost has put inside of him. You understand what I'm saying? He's free to do anything he wants to. But he does what God tells him to do. He obeys the Lord. And you and I as a believer, when we get saved, we're free. We are free from bondage. We are free from sin. We are free from the penalty of death. We are free. But when we get saved, the Holy Ghost of God lives inside of us. Now, God created us in a unique way. He made us what's called a free moral agent. That is, we have rights. We have the right given to us by God to obey him or disobey him. And as a believer, the Holy Ghost of God's inside of you to lead you and guide you and direct you. And if you do that, you'll be blessed. If you do that, you'll have power. If you do that, you'll have strength. If you do that, you fly on eagle wings. But if you live in disobedience and if you disobey God, you grieve the Holy Ghost of God that's inside of you. And you don't have the victory and the power that you ought to have. I want to turn quickly back to the book of Psalms and read the Psalms number one, just a short passage of scripture there real quick. And listen to what it says about this man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish." You understand what he's saying? He's saying, here's a, here's a blessed man. The word blessed means a happy man, rejoicing man. Here, and he said, it's that man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the, God, of the ungodly, stands in the way of sinners. Uh, he, he's a man who delights in the law of the Lord day and night. And so you as a believer, those of you who are in this building this morning in the radio audience, if you're saved by the grace of God, you have a choice to be obedient to him. And if you're obedient to him, you'll have strength. You'll have power. You'll be able to fly with eagles. But if you don't, my dear friend, you'll be, you'll be just like the rest of the birds. Do you remember the story in the Bible of Samson? God chose Samson, a unique man. Boy, he had the power of God, the anointing of God on him. He was unique of all people. Had the power of God. Slew a, slew a thousand Philistines in one day just by himself. God's anointing and power was on him. He was unique. He was like the eagle. He's flying like an eagle. But he sinned. He fell for the the, the, uh, deceitful woman and yielded, and he lost his power. And he became. They blinded him, and he had to grind at the mill. And so many believers in this building, in the radio audience, my dear friend, who know Christ, born again by the grace of God, 
But yet you're living a life of disobedience to God. You're out of fellowship with God. And so you're grinding at the meal instead of gliding through the air. Instead of sailing like the eagle, instead of having the power of God, the glory of God, and the joy of the Lord in your soul. You go through daily life as a drudgery. Going to the house of God is a, is a drudgery to you. Sitting through a service is a drudgery to you. You have no appetite for the word of God, the things of God. And it's all become just no meaning to you. You don't have the joy of the Lord. Listen, you, you just got conditioned to that. Conditioned to that. I, I was listening to a CD this week. A guy told a story. It's a little bit unique. It'll take a few minutes to tell it. But I'll do it quickly if I can. And he, he said this Father Eagle and, and Mother Eagle, they had two eggs. And, of course, they, they, the mother sent them the eggs, and the eggs hatched. Eaglets grew, and they were so proud of those little eaglets. And, boy, and they were just telling everybody about it. They were here, there, and they were telling everybody. The little eaglets began to grow. And the mom and dad were so proud of these little eaglets. They were out everywhere telling about them and, and how pretty they were and how beautiful. Well, the, the little eaglets got bored. And so they got just frolicking around and playing around in the nest. and got too close to the edge and fell out and fell down 50 feet to the ground. Plump, they hit on the ground. And they shook their head and came back. Of course, they couldn't get up there, nowhere to see mom and dad. And so they just wandered off and they got hungry. And as they were going through the forest, they heard something. They looked and they saw a flock of turkeys. And they said, well, we, we don't look just like them, but maybe, maybe we can go over. And so they got over and the turkeys felt sorry for them and took them in. And then they noticed that the turkeys were eating acorns. And they said, well, we don't eat acorns. We, we, we eat other things. We eat meat and everything. But they were hungry. And so they, they began to eat, eat, eat the acorns. And, and, and after a while, uh, the, the head turkey there, he, he began to look at the little eaglets. They said, he said, well, they don't look just like us, but maybe we can help them. Maybe we can help them to be just like us. And so over a period of time, they kind of adopted the little eagles. And, and, and instead of flying, they went through the forest and they'd scratch and peck and scratch and peck and, and all of that. And, and they, they would cl- try to cluck uh, like a turkey and gobble like a turkey. And, and they began to eat acorns and all that business. And they just go. One day they were out. They'd done got pretty good size by then. And one of the little eaglets looked up and he saw some birds sailing high in the sky. And the, the little, one little eagle said, he said, I want to do that. I want to sail high in the sky. Well, the old big gobbler said, no, you can't do that. Said, you're a, bu- you're, you're a turkey. Those are buzzards. You can't, you can't fly like that. You're, you're just a turkey. Now, you just keep on eating acorns and you keep on scratching because that's all you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be just like the rest of us. You just keep on doing that. And so they did for a few days. But one day that little eagle had wandered away from the flock and he came up and there was a wise old owl. And he was sad, and the owl said, son, what's wrong with you? He said, I'm just sad. He said, I, I'm nothing but an old turkey. And he said, son, you're not a turkey. He said, you're an eagle. An eagle, he said, yeah. He said, you're an eagle. He said, you're not supposed to be scratching on the ground. You're an eagle. And he said, come with me. And he took the little eagle up on the, on the high mountain, and the wind began to blow. In a few minutes, the eagle opened his wings, and he began to fly. And here he goes flying. Boy, listen, he had been so conditioned to believe that he had to be a turkey, that he lived his life as a turkey instead of an eagle. And some of you could say, gobble, gobble this morning. Because you, you know what? You, you have learned to act like turkeys instead of like eagles. Say amen. That's the way everybody else acts around the church house. That's the way I'll act. I, no, no. We need some folk who want to be eagles. Some people who will catch the wind. Some people who will walk with God and be different. Every one of God's men and 
and women have always been unique and peculiar and different because this world is not his friend, not our friend. My dear friend, if you'll be an eagle, you'll be different. You'll be different than everybody else. You say, Brother Billy, how is it that he obeys God? He does what God wants him to do. He's obedient to the Lord. And while he's free and he can do anything he wants to do, you know what they do? They mate for life. They can do anything they want to, but they mate for life. God made them that way to where they mate for life. I do believe that's God's plan for your life. There's, a, there's somebody for every man, somebody for every woman. And, and God has that plan for your life. Not only that, but they raise their young together. They, they nurture and raise their children. They work every year on their nest and they work together. They do those things and they work together. That eagle, my dear friend, stand, he stands on the mountain peaks. He stands in the top of the trees. He doesn't get down in the gully. He doesn't get down in the ditch. He doesn't waller in the mud. He stays up where he, God has him put him instinctively. He builds their, they build their nest high. To keep it away from the things of the world. And so it is with God's people. Those who are eagle saints. They want, to, they want to live their life in such a way. I read this story. Heard this story in days gone by. And I was reminded of it again this week. There's a man by the name of, of Clifford Vaughn. You, may, you probably don't know him. But he lived back many years ago. In 1945. He was one of the top evangelists in America and around the world. Only 25 years of age. A tall, handsome young man with such power and such a skill of speech that he could just draw great crowds. The largest crowds in that era were going to hear him and to be where he was at. He was a contemporary with Billy Graham. Billy Graham was, was beginning to be involved in great mass evangelism at the same time. But all those who knew him said Clifford Vaughn stood head and shoulders above any preacher that lived. But in 10 years, within 10 years, he lost it all. Within 10 years, Clifford Vaughn lost everything. Most of you never heard of him. You don't know him as a great Christian leader. Because during that time when he was so successful and everybody was bragging on him, he fell into immorality, was unfaithful to his wife, and left his wife and two children that had Down syndrome and went off with another woman. He died several years later. In a small hotel room in Amarillo, Texas, as a drunkard, his liver was destroyed with cirrhosis. And when he died, there was no, not even any funds to bury him. Preachers in the area took up money and had him, his body shipped back to his hometown and paid for his funeral. Why? Because he made bad choices. Instead of sailing like an eagle, he wanted to get down in the ditch. He wanted to live down there. I want you to look in your Bible. If you have your Bible open, turn with me, please, to the book of Galatians. We're free. You can live any way you want to. You can watch what you want to. You can listen to what you want to. You can fellowship with anything, anybody you want to. You can go anywhere you want to do. You are free. But my dear friend, you need to, if your, your freedom must be guided by the Word of God and by the Holy Ghost of God inside of you. You have choices. And boys and girls and men and women, you can make choices. One choice you make today can ruin the rest of your life rest of your life. Notice what it says in the book of Galatians chapter one, 5 verse 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free. We're free. God made us free like the eagle. We're eagle saints. And God made us free. And he said this, and be not entangled again with a yoke of bondage. 
You're free. God set you free. When you get saved, you're set free. But he said, don't get down and water in the mud again. Don't get back down and get entangled in all of that again. Why? Because it'll, it'll rob you. It'll destroy you. It'll defeat you. Listen as he goes on down. Look at, skip over to verse number 16. And this I say, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, when you get saved by the grace of God, you're, you're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. But you still got an old man living inside of you. And Paul said, put off the old man, put on the new man. Paul said that, that there was a law inside of him. Whenever he'd do good, evil was present with him. And my friend, there's going to always be something inside of you working against you wanting to live for God. But what you got to, you got to make up your mind. You got to, you got to yield to the Holy Ghost of God and say, God, I want to be obedient to you. I'm going to say no to the flesh and no to the world and no to the devil. And I'm going to live for God. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a covenant with you. God, I'm going to obey you. God, you help me and I'll obey you. And he said, if you, if you walk in the spirit, that means if you'll yield to the Holy Spirit of God and let him lead you, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now watch what he said. Here's the lust of the flesh. He said, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. He said, there's a battle going on inside of you. And everybody in here can say amen to that. If you're saved, you know the Lord. There's a part of you who wants to go to church on Sunday. Part of you that wants to stay at the house sometime. Part of you wants to go on Sunday night. Part of you wants to stay at the house. You're tired and wore out. Feet hurt. Heart, uh, you know, you've got a hangnail. Whatever. Your favorite television is coming on. And, and all of those things. Nobody else goes on Sunday night, so I don't have to go. You know, what, what am I? And, and, and then there's, there's things that in this world. But he, he said this, if you, he said, if you walk with the Spirit, you're not fulfilled the lust of the flesh. He said, there's a battle going inside of you. Battle going inside. And, and he said, you, got, you still got a little flesh in the nature inside of you. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which of these? Adultery. Fornication. Now that's, 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 that's the deeds of the flesh. That's sin. And, and God condemns that. And he said, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, various emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, reveling, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I told you in times past, that they which do such things should not inherit the kingdom of God. You live in those things all the time. It's a good sign you're not saved. But here's the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts thereof. <coughs> he said, listen, as a Christian, as a Christian, you need to walk in the Holy Ghost. You need to let God lead you. You need to let God use you. Let God minister you. And don't live like the world. That eagle stays high. He flies high. There's, there's some things you don't need to listen to. There's some things you don't need to watch. Amen. It gets in your mind. It gets in your heart. And men, listen, I am convinced that the great, one of the greatest enemies of the modern day church is immorality, pornography. And we, we've got used to the dark. I mean, through television, day after day, all those things. God's people, the church house, and, and God's, the, the, the God of this world hath blinded us and, and, and caused us not to be what we ought to be for the glory of God. We've quit flying like an eagle, and we're just walking around like a bunch of turkeys because we have got so conditioned to that, so conditioned to that. My dear friend, we don't need to be that way. In the book of Revelation, there are seven churches that he talks about. He condemns five of those churches. There's, there's, there's a church, my dear friend, that lost its first love. They turned away from God. They've left their first love. They become a church with no love, no compassion. And then there's another church that he says that that, that church allowed false teachers to come in. They began to teach false doctrine. 
And so they didn't live by the Bible. They lived contrary to the word of God and all those things. And he has something to say about each one of those churches and, and all the things they did. There, there's the compromising church and the compassionate church. And then there was the complacent church. Boy, they just got happy. They, they just satisfied, you know. They, everything's good. Everything's cool. And, and, you know, we'll tip God. You know, we, we're going to do our own thing. And we'll just tip God a little bit along. And then there's that church called the Church of Laodicea. And he said, that's the church of the end days. He said, they're neither hot nor cold. They just turkey church. They just ease along. A little flock, they go here and they go there and they scratch a little bit and they peck a little bit and they crow a little bit and, and they, they, you know, spread out the chest real wide and feather the tails, fan the tail. And they, they do a lot of strutting around, but they don't even fly. They're just, just a turkey church. They, they're, they're not hot, they're not cold. My dear friend, God in these last days needs something greater than that. God deserves our very best, and he wants us to fly like the eagle. He wants us to wait on him, depend on him, get all that junk out of our life. You say, Brother Billy, what, what, what it, it, well, he talks about two other churches in here. One of them is the church at Smyrna, and he said to that church, they faced great persecution. That's the period of time from about 160 to 316, the time of the great persecution. I mean, listen, they gave their life. They stood for Christ. They, they stood for Christ. One of the pastors of that church at Smyrna was a man by the name of Polycarp. Polycarp was brought before the, the Roman emperors, and they, they told him to deny Christ. And he said, 80 and 6 years, he's never been unfaithful to me. I'll not deny him now. And he said, don't you understand who I am? He said, I have power to set you aflame today and burn your body. He said, you're talking to me about a flame that will last no more than an hour, two hours at the most. He said, but you deny the flame that burns for eternity in a place called hell. And he said, if you don't trust Jesus, you'll be in hell in that flame for all eternity. And they set him on fire. They put wood around that pastor and burned him up. And as he died, they heard him say this. He said, Lord, thank you that you counted me faithful to suffer this martyrdom for you. My dear friend, that's the difference between a turkey saint and an eagle saint. He's able to fly above all the persecution and problem. He said to that church at Smyrna, two things. He said this, number one, fear not. Don't you be afraid in the hour you're living in. If you're trusting on him, if you're depending on him, you don't, have it, you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about the economy. You don't have to worry about what's fixing to happen. You don't have to worry about anything. You just trust him. My God is going to take care of us. We've got some dear friends in this church already who, who are unemployed. They've lost their job. Others who just who are not getting to work. And I'm telling you, God's going to bless them. God's going to take care of them. God's going to take care of you. And you and I ought to be a, God can use us to be a help and a blessing to them in their difficult time. In fact, I'm going to give you a chance to do that in just a few minutes. But my dear friend, listen. He said, not only should you not fear, but he said to them, he said, be thou faithful. And so an eagle saint, an eagle saint is a fearless saint. I mean, they just trust in God. Not only that, but they are faithful. In spite of all that happens, they are they're eagle saints. When tragedy comes and heartache comes, they're going to remain faithful to God. I mean, they're going to stay, stick with the stuff. They're going to stay with God and walk with God and serve God no matter what. My dear friend, listen, here the church at Smyrna was. And then there's that great church he calls the church at Philadelphia. And that's that church that he talks about in the end days, the church of brotherly love where the love of God's manifest. David Jeremiah said this about that, about that passage of Scripture. 
He said there are some churches and some individuals that have the right doctrine and no love. That makes them a legalist. He said there are some that have great love but no doctrine. That makes them a humanist. But if you'll have the right doctrine and the right love, you'll be his disciple. My dear friend, if you want to be his disciple, you need to have the right doctrine. You need to have the right love and love him and serve him. Be faithful to him. He says to that church, that, that faithful church in the last days, he said, I set before you an open door and no man can close it. My dear friend, in these last days, the days when churches are closing the door, they're combining, going out of business, cutting their budgets. God says to the Eagle Saints, he said, I've opened my door for you and they can't nobody close it. He said, I'm just hunting somebody that will believe me and trust me and cling to me. And he said, I'll show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. He'll open a door that no man can close. My dear friend, I, the question is, are you going to be an eagle saint? Are you willing to trust him completely? Are you willing to live above, not in the ditch, but up on the height and walk with God, be faithful to God and live? And, and if you get to the and some of you already, you got things in your heart, life ought not to be there. He said, if you'll confess your sin, he's faithful just forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He'll do that today. He'll do that today. And he said, those that have become weary, those who have no strength, he said, if they'll learn to wait on the Lord, he said, they'll renew their strength. He said this, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll forgive their sin. I'll heal their land. My dear friend, God can do that. There's an open door. Just hunt somebody who wants to go through it. Just look for somebody that wants to be faithful to God. Somebody who wants to live above all of this and surrender to Christ. And not in their own strength, but in his power. Serve God, live for God. My dear friend, you, that can be you. It could be you if you do that. I've been reading through the book of Numbers again in my devotional reading. I was talking to Brother Mike Parker this morning. We were talking about he taught in the book of Numbers some time back. And I read there, and I mentioned this, I think, on last Sunday or maybe Wednesday night. I highlighted in my Bible where it's talking about those who had rebelled against God at Kadesh Barnea. And they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and they died. Now, the number of them that's numbered, you know how many died? They died at a rate of 40,000 a day. And over that 40-year period, at a rate of 40,000 a day, they buried them. Had military wedding, uh, uh, funerals for those, military funerals for all those who were unfaithful to God would not go in. Now, God took care of them. God gave them manna. God gave them shoes that wouldn't wear out and clothes. But they never got to go in through that open door into the promised land. And there's folks in this church that you've said no to God for the last time. You won't ever see it. You won't ever go through the open door. Because you've grieved the Holy Ghost of God and you've said no, no, no. Well, he'll take care of you. He'll feed you. He'll take care of you. But you won't ever get to go in the promised land. You won't ever get to see the victory. You won't ever be able to sail like an eagle. But for some of us, there's some people in here that God wants to do something for. I don't want to be a part of that crowd that said no for the last time. They said, no, we can't go in. And God said, no, you're not going in. I'm not going to let you go in. You can say no one time too many. My dear friend, don't say no to him this morning. For those of you who don't know Christ, can I say this to you? God, the Holy Ghost has spoke to your heart through your family, through the Word of God, through tracts, through preachers. 
And time, time again, you've heard the message that Jesus died to save sinners, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that Jesus died and paid the sin debt for every, every lost sinner. And you know that you're lost. You know you need to be saved. But you keep saying, no, not now. No, not now. But can I say something to you? There's coming a time you'll say no for the last time. That'll be it. And the Spirit of God will not always strive with man into his flesh. And God says, you've said no, and I won't do it. My dear friend, don't say no to him again today. If God the Holy Ghost speaks to your heart, and you know that you're lost, you need to be saved, will you trust him now? And I'm wondering this morning, if there's some folk in here who'd say, Brother Billy, I want to be an eagle saint. I want to sail. I want to be, I want to have victory. I don't want to live down in, in the gutter. I want to live up on the mountaintop. I want to live for God. I want to have the power of God. I want to do something for God. I want to walk through that open door. I want to see the power of God on me in, in my life. And I want to be obedient to God. And whatever God wants me to do, I'll do it. Would you bow your heads and pray with every head bowed, every eye closed this morning? With every head bowed. Brad's going to come. Ms. Norma's going to come. We'll give a very brief invitation this morning, but I want you to have time to obey God. Obey God. Will you stand with me, please, with your heads bowed and eyes are closed for just a moment? With every head bowed, every eye closed. How many of you this morning? He said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. There's only two categories of people talked about in that passage of scriptures. Those that are weak, those that have fainted, and those that are flying. Now, you're in one category or another. You're either that saint that is weak and fainting, or you're that saint that's flying. You're that saint that's not walking in the energy of the flesh. You're walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, according to the book of Galatians. You're surrendered to him, yielded to him, not a thing between your soul and the Savior. You can be there. You can be there this morning. My dear friend, in this building, there's two categories of people, saved or lost. Jesus Christ loved you and he died for you. He wants to save you this morning. This world's not going to stand like it is now. Jesus is coming again. Right now, right where you are, right where you're standing. He said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I invite you now to call on him. I invite you now to receive him as your Savior and Lord. I've not preached a salvation message as such this morning. But I'm trusting the Holy Ghost of God to speak to your heart. I've tried to obey him. It's what he laid on my heart. And I'm challenging God's people to let's sail. Let's go on with God. We've seen God do great things in the past, but there are greater things to be done. This is not the time to fold the tents. Not time to draw. It is time to be aggressive for the Lord. It's time to be on fire for Jesus. It's time to walk through that open door. He said in the last days, I'll open that door. No man can close it. It's for us. That's me and you. Thank God for it. I want to be there. I want to take that step of faith, whatever it is. I want to be obedient to him.